Our first show that we're launching is a show called Quarter Life Faith. It's a docu-series podcast. We interview and document the lives and the journeys of some of the bigger Christian personalities. So uh, Pentatonix, Kevin Alushala, documenting his journey from going to Stanford and, and then leaving to pursue a life in music and how did he find his purpose and how he escaped the quarter-life crisis that many of us go into. And Welcome back to Advent Next, a theological podcast curated for curious faith discussions. This week, I'm talking with my friend, Andrew Ashley, who is a producer, director, and now CEO of a new app called Parable. Parable is an app dedicated to Christian audio dramas and audio docuseries. So if you're looking for some screen-free entertainment where you can enjoy the medium of story, along with exercising your faith, you can sign up to be part of the beta group for Parable at parablemedia.com. That's P-A-R-A-B-E-L, media.com. Entrepreneurship and ministry have more in common than you'd think. It's all about finding a need and serving people who have that felt need, either with paid or free resources. So what are the benefits of having a ministry that is a business rather than a nonprofit? The answer might surprise you. Andrew and I have worked on several projects together, one of them a docu-series called Church 2, which is now available on the End It Now Facebook page. So naturally, we started off our chat with some casual behind-the-scenes conversation that I actually decided to keep in and share with you. You'll get a bit of the behind-the-scenes look into me and my process with Advent Next, as well as the beginning journey of Andrew with his new app, Parable. We want to thank the Adventist Learning Community for making this program possible. If you're not already following us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, be sure to find us at the handle at Advent Next. You can follow our guest today, Andrew Ashley, on Instagram at Andrew E. Ashley, and me at Kendra R. Snow with an X. But right now, this is Advent Next. What what kind of type of projects you've been into? Like, we have has it mainly just been a focus on Advent Next and growing that, um, or has there been other film projects you've been doing? <clears throat> Honestly, my project lately has been my mental health. Like, that's oh. been like that's been like the biggest project. Um, I have just, you know, it's been almost a year now, right? It's been almost a year, and. Uh, that we've been in quarantine. And so it's like, it's like limited contact with your friends, limited contact with coworkers. I think I've seen like maybe Steve or James in here, like once or twice, you know, in the last year. And it's just kind of like, I think at first it's like, you know, I think I was doing really good and staying motivated. Cause you're like, Oh, like we're right over the hump. Oh, things are going to be back to normal very soon. And then when you get to the end of the marathon, you're just tired. And I find myself like falling off. I've fallen off with Advent Next as far as like not doing my weekly podcast. I try so hard and I It's a lot don't. of work. It's a lot of work. And then like I'm, I'm trying to keep up with school and I'm trying to keep up with my own funks that I have. Like Thursday, I spent all day trying to get work done and I didn't like just tired. But I find myself taking more and more of those days, or at least trying to schedule one in every week to say, Mm -hmm. you're not going to do anything today. So just prepare. There will be one day a week where you will be 
trapped in your bed and that's okay. Um, just create a life that's going to allow for that type of ebb and flow. So that's been that little self-care. I've been getting back more into writing, like my big goal turning 34. And so I'm like, I want to have a book deal. Like I have Mm -hmm. a concept for a book that I want to write and see if anybody bites basically. So that's Mm kind of been where I'm at lately. Man, it's weird because I, I I feel, um, I really feel you on kind of never or not quite feeling like you are where you where you need to be or where you want to be. You know, whether it's your mental health or even career goals. Um, but I think you know, um, you're you're very age conscious. That's why I learned about you. Um, a lot of things are qualified <laughs> with. Most times when you're talking about your goals, it's like I'm this age. And this is why I feel that way. And um, I, once again, I don't want to get preached or anything like that, but I, I, I just want to affirm you that like, dude, you're doing incredible things. You're, you're 34 is very young. Um, and uh, I hope so. <laughs> Please tell me 34 is very young because <laughs> I don't want to be turned 34 and feel like, you know, but I'm similar to you that like, I'm always like, yeah, the grass is always green. I want to reach that. So I, I resonate with that, but I also want to encourage you and say like, dude, you're killing it. You're doing a great job. Thank you. you know? Thank you. And I think, yeah you know, it's one of those, and I appreciate that, you know, and like you said, we have worked really closely together. So, you know, my habits and my (laughs) tendencies, Uh, but I also, you know, I think that that's, there's a part of me that, um, that, that fuels me, right. To be like, you could be doing better or like, there's more aspirational, like you need to be more aspirational in your goals. And that, that part is motivating, but there's also a part that can turn almost into ingratitude, right. Mm. Or almost into like, uh, in some ways sinful because it's like it's not recognizing where God is taking you from and to and honoring that part of the journey and like you know not comparing yourself with one another but what about you like you it's been a while you have some pretty big things going on and I'm excited to hear about it you have a really cool venture uh, happening right now it's an app called Parable that's going to be launching soon tell us a little bit about this and tell us how you got started on this journey yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, obviously, I, it's been, I just want to say this, like, it's been such inspiring, uh, so inspiring, just seeing your journey. Like, I, I knew you before, uh, pre-Advent Next, you know, uh, and I remember when you first started talking about the concept, and, you know, like, so many times when you're a brilliant creative, and you have a vision, a lot of people around you don't get it. I didn't completely see it. I was like, oh, okay. I don't, you know, podcasting, Adventist, Adventist theology, you know, I'm not really into that stuff as much, but then I saw you do it, prove the concept and grow it. And I'm just so impressed, inspired by all the great work you've done. And I'm just really, really happy uh, to, to be hanging out with you and that Thank we can you. talk on, on podcasts. We've talked about doing something like this before. So it's fun. But anyway, yeah, uh, just, just to start it off. Yeah. I, so I, myself, uh, maybe I was even just inspired by your great work uh, about a, a year and a half ago um, after working um, as a, a, you know, working for the church, doing some great film projects. Okay. Um, you know, I I started to develop a passion for narrative fictional storytelling um, and, and a kind of the, the kind of the genesis of of that passion was working as a youth and young adult pastor and preaching a lot of sermons. Um, I grew up in a context where my my dad was a head elder and he would preach quite a bit. And you had these several head elders and a pastor and 
all the other head elders and pastors, most times when they were preached, it would be very theological um, Bible study type of, of, of approach where they would go through several different texts and it was very lectury. And uh, some people really enjoyed that and that that was edifying. But as a kid and a lot of the youth, obviously that wasn't as appealing to us. And when my dad would preach, he would make it a point to tell these really grand stories. So he would like just take one Bible story. Like uh, I remember one of his, the, the sermons that a lot of us really enjoyed, he would do a, st- a sermon on Noah, right? Mm-hmm. And he would take that story and he would tell it, but he would add all this, these, this imagery and all, all, all this, this character to it. So he would do something like, uh, you know, imagine, you know, Noah's building the art, um, arc and let's say CNN comes and interview him and says like what are you doing you're crazy and they're 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 documenting and people are reporting Fox News is saying this crazy man is doing that like just paint the picture of what Noah might have been going through the pressure and being teased and and you know he he would be really great at painting these pictures and as a kid as I grew up to become a pastor myself I really valued that I saw man when you can use the power of story Bible stories or even just your own story and tell it tell it in a very, very dynamic way uh and use it to point to a truth of the bible or a truth about jesus or just just any type of commentary about um the christian journey um i think i think it's it's great and so i started doing that a lot in my in my career as a pastor and i always saw how it benefited youth and young adults so anyway fast forward to working in film and doing a lot of documentary content which is storytelling um it's just it's just a different type of storytelling. Um, about a year and a half ago, I started to de- 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 desire um, or develop a passion to do fictional narrative scripted content. Uh, one of the challenges yeah. with that is, you know, is it's hard to get movies and, 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 and made, right? It costs a lot of money, a lot of resources. And, you know, we're both filmmakers. We, we, we know what it's like to like have this really cool script idea and try to see what it's going to take and you figure out it's going to take a hundred thousand dollars you're like okay i guess i'm never gonna make movies you know and so it's really tough and so one of the mediums that i i started to enjoy is audio dramas um Mm. i obviously have been familiar with audio dramas since i was a kid you have your story hour adventures odyssey you know i grew up on um and if you if if you grew up adventist or christian you're familiar with those um those properties or those um audio production companies so i was very familiar with that but um one thing that you didn't see too much of is audio dramas and audio stories that cater to youth and young adults um and up Right. Uh, most of the, the, the content that's been created uh, attracts uh, kids or, 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 or for kids. And so I developed a passion to like, hey, what if we t- I took some of the, the story ideas, the themes, the topics that I, I really want to cover, and I try to produce content uh, audio dramas in, in, in the me- using the medium of audio. And so, yeah, so basically it started off with just doing a few projects here and there, and then it grew into... Uh, starting a company at LLC and then grew into um, raising money, um, pro- pro- producing more and more, and then it developed into an app. And a year later, uh, yeah, uh, Parable Media is the name of the company. Uh, well, audio production company are uh, kind of one of our taglines is screen-free entertainment um, and also dynamic resources for dynamic Christians. And yeah, we've produced over a thousand hours of content wow. so far. Um, and we crazy. have the, the app uh, that's going to be uh, the beta version is going to be coming out in the next few months. Um, and so we're really excited about it. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I have ahead. a question. Yeah. So like, you know, 
one podcast that we have listened to on one of our long road trips of doing some documentary filmmaking is like uh, Masters of Scale, right? Yeah. Where they're scaling up their companies based on their resources. And so was this, was Parable kind of like a, a scale project because, you know, you have done a couple of documentaries, you know, the cost of like getting cameras and getting DPs and getting lighting and having the post-production of the editing and then the sound design. Like, were you basically saying like, look at how much is needed for a visual picture. And then were you kind of like scaling down to say like, well, audio is going to be a lot less costly and maybe that way it'd be more effective and viable to be able to, to get a project like that off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. That was a, that was the, a big part of it becoming a for-profit business venture um, because before it was kind of like, oh, this is just a cool, fun thing to do. But once I realized that like, wait a minute, you know, you can actually produce a lot of great content for very little resources and funding. This is a great opportunity to have a Christian for-profit uh, 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 venture that, uh, you know, the dream for, I mean, we talk about this all the time. The dream is to be able to create awesome stuff and glorify God and minister to other people, but also do it for a living and get paid what you need to get paid for a living. And, and we've both talked about our struggles with trying to, you know, structure our lives that way. And so this was, that, that was definitely part of it. Like, this is something that could scale greatly, but it, as far as the resources and the expenses, we could keep that, keep that down. That was definitely a big part of yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and I want you to continue talking about the journey. And one thing I just want to pause on something that you mentioned is, Sometimes we have this idea of ministry as only being kind of the nonprofit sector, right? And I get the idea of what a nonprofit should be. It's to say, we want to have all the resources that we have so that we can just focus on the mission and we don't have to focus on a profit. But I think that the downside of that is that if, if something is being funded and you don't know if, and it's not a product that's being paid for, you don't know if there's really an audience for it, right? Yeah. And you don't know how much you're just keeping something on life support that's really not effective, that people don't really want. And so sometimes having kind of this business model is actually better in the sense that people feel invested uh, in the product and you know that there's an audience for it. And if it dies, it dies and it should die, right? And it should evolve into something that might speak more to the time and the culture and to your audience. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a very unpopular way of thinking and we've talked about this a lot and I don't want to get in trouble but you know that's definitely something we see in the church quite a bit where a ministry is started and since it's just funded by the church or organization a nonprofit organization it, it there's no there's no need for supply and demand or market product fit, right? That, that doesn't apply because it's already funded, you know, and so you can just create all this content or do all these projects and you, you don't have to go through that that uh, filter of supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like you said, it, it is there's some consequences to that because we end up doing projects or, or not always, always being a great steward, I feel like, of what God has given us. And I think part of why... Um, I kind of wanted to start venturing out into the for-profit space is because one, I, the last seven years uh, I've, I've worked in a nonprofit space of creating Christian content. And I've seen how people not being compensated for their work as well. Right. Uh, we both um, have overseen projects and have people working for us. And one of the, the most heartbreaking 
places I've been is that I have someone who's putting in putting in all of this work. And because of the budget I have, I can't really pay them very much. Um, and, uh, you know, you just see that a lot working in a nonprofit space. And so me, for my vision, I have, I don't have no desire to be rich. Like, this, you know, it's not the, the idea is not being rich, but the idea is like, man, how can we set something up where we can get enough capital to really pay people what they deserve so they can make a living, you know, and they don't have to go to the secular world, um, to, to be able to take care of the family. They can be in the space, in the faith-based space create produce work really hard and be paid what they deserve to be paid and in, in the in the marketplace so um yeah that's definitely been one of the motivations to uh making because when we started off we weren't even sure if we we're going to do it a for-profit organization for-profit company or a non-profit organization um but yeah for-profit just made most sense um as far as uh building something that can last and can really be edifying to both the people who work for the company and and those who are, um, you know, getting, receiving the content and the resources. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to continue a little bit on the journey. So you have a thousand hours, which congratulations, that's amazing, of original content on this platform. Uh, yeah, yeah, so what? So when is it launching and like what still has to be done before you get to that that place? When our, our first show, I should say this, um, our first show that we're launching is a show called a quarter quarter life faith. Um, and it's a podcast. It's a docu-series podcast. It's actually launching this weekend of March 5th. Um, okay. And it's where we basically, we interview and document the lives and the journeys of some of the bigger Christian personalities. So whether it's uh, pentatonics superstar Kevin and Lucia, um, uh, who's the beatboxer and the cello boxer of, of the group for pentatonics. And he's also happens to be Christian and also Adventist. Um, and he grew up in a very conservative Adventist context and documenting his journey from um, just going to Stanford, Stanford and, and then leaving to pursue uh, uh, a life in music and his parents and what, how they felt and how he made it to where he is. And basically as he was going through his twenties, how did he find his purpose with, with what God was wanting to do and, and how he escaped the quarter life crisis that many of us go into. And so other people like Justin Koo, the YouTuber, um, and there's several other people that we're interviewing. And the whole idea with that project is to, uh, address, kind of what a lot of us go through. I mean, and we can both relate to this where we're in our twenties, we graduate, we get a degree and we're working in this sector or that sector. And, uh, but we don't really feel fulfillment or feel a, a, a complete purpose for what we're doing. And so the whole idea is if we can look at the stories and the journeys of other people who've actually made it through, that can be edifying for us um, and help us kind of Get, take those lessons and apply them to our own life. So that's the first show we're, we're, we're launching. Um, and we actually have a second show that that um, I'm actually partnering, I have the privilege to partner with Justin Koo. Um, uh, he's going to be hosting a, a Parable original show um, called I'm Listening, which is uh, basically 
It's going to be, uh, he, he's done a YouTube show called I'm Listening. And basically what we will be doing is taking, uh, repurposing a lot of that content and telling a lot of the behind the scenes stories from those interviews and those individuals. Um, and so we're really exciting, excited about that. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in late July, we're planning on launching a beta and you'll be able to download it on, um, you know, iTunes, Apple, um, Android. And uh, it's going to start off, um, you know, for a while, it's going to be free. So it's, it's not going to cost you anything because uh, a lot of these other audio production companies, they're nonprofit. And so unfortunately, what that means a lot of times is that obviously their cash flow and their resources can be a lot more limited. And so we're in a position where we can not only produce a lot of great content and resources for youth, young adults and families, but also promote um, and push and market a lot of the content that's been out there for years that uh, a lot of millennial families don't get access to because millennial families, they don't download MP3 players, buy CDs or tapes. They consume their content through apps. So it being an right. app is going to be really, uh, really, really valuable to reach that uh, those millennial families, those millennial individuals, um, et cetera. So that's kind of some information about how we're launching. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if, if I may yeah. Kendra, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. ask you a question, okay, um, because I, you know, I don't know how interesting all that background is for me, but I'm curious for you, you also are passionate about um, storytelling. I mean, we've, we've talked about that. You've written yeah. scripts, you've written books, uh, fictional books. Um, and so, you know, you you interacting you being in seminary uh you interacting with a lot of more traditional um strategies of conveying um uh christianity and, and, and christian resources um what have you received any pushback on kind of your your uh your perspective on uh telling fictional stories and doing uh, projects that are more, uh, you know, abstract or more uh, can even be explicit. Cause I've read some of your stuff and sometimes, you know, you've dealt, you've dealt with some really explicit themes. And so I'm curious, I know I've had my own journey with that and we can talk about that, but I'm curious for you, you being in seminary, cause I'm not in seminary. There's a reason why I didn't go right. to seminary, but you being in seminary, how has that been being in that more traditional space? How has it been um, with your expression of, uh, your creative expression. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. It yeah. does. And it's a great question. And I really appreciate you asking that because I think even more so than just the creative expression, it's like, how do you, how do you be a, a full, complete human being? Right. In the sense that, you know, I think that if you go to seminary, and if you do something like Advent Next, and in some ways I feel like, I hope I haven't pigeonholed myself into a personality and into an expectation, because I think there is an expectation uh, that I will act a certain way, right? Or that I will continue to be a certain way. And that my creative expression will also reflect uh, those expectations. And it, you know, it's it's a kind of of my a fault of my own making, right? Uh, that I have portrayed myself a certain way and portrayed myself and having certain interests. Uh, but there's a, for example, there's a podcast that I would like to do, even if it's just for me. Um, that's kind of just more of like an audio diary, and just like 10, 15 minutes of uh, me kind of unraveling a lot of my thought processes and kind of maybe on the flip side of Justin Koo's I'm 
listening, this would be like, I'm struggling, right? <laughs> like, and it would, it, it really talks about a lot of the, the theological conundrums that I face. Um, some of the things that I'm dealing with in my life and I'm not sure where God is in the midst of it. And there's, there's a part of the struggle and the thing that's not beautiful and the thing that is, um, very difficult to, to deal with parts of life that are difficult, grief, um, disappointment, deferred hopes, uh, when your life doesn't match up with your expectations, all these things, uh, dealing with societal expectations of you, church expectations of you as a woman, as a woman of color, uh, all of these things. And, you know, just to create space for myself to be myself has been, I think, a difficult part of the journey. And maybe it's not anybody's explicit pushback, but it's the sense of like, you know, I feel like there's an audience for that conversation, but I don't know where they are. Right. Mm. Um, it, cause like I said, you know, I think when you're looking at quote niche markets, you're often looking at, you know, the biggest niche market out there for Christianity is like this evangelical Christianity of women who submit to their husbands and who, uh, you know, have a very traditional faith practice. Like that's the largest market of Christian evangelicals. Many of them voted for Trump. Right. So, um, uh, not that that, well, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm just saying that's not my I was about to say, well, okay. <laughs> Were you about to get into that? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But like, I'm just a different flavor of Christianity. And I think I can represent kind of a more progressive take on it. Um, where I represent a God who, you know, I'm on a tangent, but just follow me and I'll get back oh, on I the love road. It. Let's do it. Okay. Um, like. I was reading today something about, you know, oh, you have to, you know, give, give a warning to the people and this and that and this and that. And I feel like oftentimes in Christianity, when we talk about the gospel and evangelism and warning people, it's often in the context that's very, um, that's very personal improvement centric. It is the sense of like, tell people that they need to be better human beings in the sense of like, you need to eat well, and you need to um, worry about more about what you, uh, how you dress and how other people perceive you and clean up your public perception. But it's not, but that's not what the Bible is talking about. Like when God is saying, I'm giving a warning to my people in Isaiah, uh, in, in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, it's my people are oppressing other people. And that's the wickedness that I'm asking you to clean up, that you're not judging rightly. You're taking bribes. You're corrupting what is the right thing to do in these situations. And it has a kind of a more of a societal feel. It's not this individualistic perfectionism that is sometimes stressed in our circles of Christianity. Uh, it's more of like a, a communal sense of justice that you are doing good to the body. Mm. And I don't know if we, and that type of justice, that type of focus upon righteousness within the community um, is often one that we think is a dilution of the gospel. It's a dilution of what righteous living is, but that's more of the Christianity that I'm on, right? So I'm on a different side of like what maybe most Christians are. Uh, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color. I kind of come with this more of a creative background. And so I often think like, I know that I'm not, I'm not fully secular, <laughs> um, but I'm not 
I don't think I fully fit into the Christian niche. And so I'm wondering, like, is there a space of creative expression for me to be uniquely me uh, in exploring more of that space? And I think that's the part of me that I, whether it's a real pushback or it's my own psychological pushback, that I'm trying to find and discover if there's space there uh, for that development of that, that voice and that part of who I am. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Um, and it's funny because I was just thinking a few moments ago, I'm like, man, this is the type of stuff I would like to get in, get into on the podcast with you. Um, instead of like, you know, I was thinking like, man, the self-promotion about parable, I want to talk about that, but, you know, kind of, kind of, we've talked a lot about, uh, there's not enough space for, for, um, creative expression and, uh, in, in the Christian, I don't want to say church, but in, in the, the community. Um, and uh, one of the reasons why I left pastoring is because I saw very clearly that like, oh, um, and this is was was and kind of is my opinion. And if someone's listening and they have a different opinion, that's completely fine. I mean, I can't think that's kind of my point. Like we should all have different opinions and that's completely fine. And we should feel differently. What I felt was that when you go through the system, at least in the Adventist church of, of becoming clergy or being a pastor, you know, you get a, a, the undergrad in theology, you come to seminary or what have you. I felt like we as an organization, we create these cookie cutter pastors um, or this expectation to be this certain type of way. And there are a lot of people who are naturally that way. So it works for them. I, many of my friends, uh, they're brilliant theologians and they get so much fulfillment just being an interpersonal pastor uh, or standing on the pulpit or going to church every weekend and leading a flock. They get so much fulfillment from that. And what I found is that man, I'm super passionate about ministry. I am super passionate about spreading the gospel and touching other people's lives, allowing God to use me as a vessel to do so. But I'm not super passionate about pastoring. Mm. And which was really weird for me. It's just like, oh, I I, I don't feel like, like I'm passionate about being a minister, but I don't want to be like a pastor of a church. I'm not super passionate about that because, and I'm not passionate about administrative tasks. Like I'm not that type of guy. I'm, I'm a very much a creative, uh, now, unlike you, I'm also ADD, right? Uh, so, so there's other things with me, but I definitely re- re- relate to the idea of being a creative and wanting to, uh, uh, in many ways, wanting to express yourself the way you want to express yourself and be vulnerable in that space, in that sense. And many times the church is not, uh, it's not, it, it, it doesn't seem to be structured in a way where that's always welcomed. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen in. Next week, we dive a little deeper into this conversation and hopefully provide some tools and inspiration for your own creative journey. If you'd like to be part of the beta group and be the first to access this premier screen-free entertainment, sign up at parablemedia.com. That's P-A-R-B-E-L media.com. If you're not already following us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, be sure to do so at Advent Next. You can follow our guest today, Andrew Ashley, at Andrew E. Ashley, or you can follow me at Kendra R. Snow with an X. I just want to say a special thanks to those of you who have left reviews on Apple Podcasts or engaging in the comments through YouTube. 
I really love hearing from you, so please keep it up. Leave a review or send in a request for me to cover a topic you'd enjoy. See you next week.